0: Cybersecurity built portions of the following program may be pre recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. It all started with a woman who had an affair and left her husband. And of course, where was she going to go? She went home to daddy. After some time, the husband made the decision to go after her and try to convince her to come back home and be a wife who would be faithful to him. So he was welcomed gladly in the house of his harlot wife, The father was very appreciative of his coming. After some time, the decision was made, I don't know, a day or two, that she would come back with him and she would be his wife. They worked out whatever the difficulty was. And the father-in-law said, no, 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 don't go. Stay here and enjoy. We have food and drink. Besides, I want to talk to you. So they stayed. But finally, on the morning of the fifth day, when he got up to go, and the, and the father said, No, no, no. Refresh yourself. Wait till the afternoon. So the two of them sat down and enjoyed a meal again together. And then they they left. As they journeyed, they had two donkeys, a servant. And they went together until night was coming. The young servant wanted to stop with the Jebusites, but the father said, no, 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 we're going to go to the Gibeonites So they do what is customary for that day in that place, and that is go to the town square. They could camp there in the town square and they should be safe. But, but a man comes by, an old man, he's a farmer. And he urges them to come and stay with him. And so finally they agree. They become acquainted. They prepare for bed. They wash their feet. They had something to eat and drink. And while they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surround the house. Now this is Judges the 19th chapter, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. In other words, this was a Gibeonite town that was completely taken over by homosexuality. That sets the stage. Women were viewed much differently. But he suggests, let's give them my daughter. No, the man who is visiting says, no, let's give them my wife. So she goes out and they attack her and they rape her to death. This is a most unpleasant New Year's story. They rape her to death and she bleeds out. When the man got up in the morning, his wife had not come in. He prepares to leave, and there his wife is on the doorstep. We don't know what he felt or what he did, except he picked her up and he took her home. And when he got home, he did something that woke up the nation. And I've been praying and saying, Lord, what is it going to take to wake up our nation? America has to wake up. Right now we have a pastor under heavy accusation of homosexuality. And we have... a lot of people going on the internet and giving their opinion of what they think about that and what they think about him. Well, that's what was happening here. The whole nation was called together because this man cut his wife up in pieces and sent a leg to one tribe, a foot to another, an arm to another, People were shocked by this. This has never happened in Israel. What is going on? What is happening to us? Why has this taken place? We have to do something about this. We have to stop this. And so they began to be called together, Shiloh, 400,000 men came each armed with a with a sword and they said tell us how this awful thing happened what is this a maiden in israel has been cut up in pieces this is insanity what happened so the levite husband of the murdered woman told the story during the night chapter 20 verse 5 of Judges men of Gilbreth came after me surrounded the house intending to kill me they raped my concubine or my wife and she died I took her and cut her into pieces and sent a piece to each region of Israel's inheritance because they committed this, this lewd and disgraceful act in Israel. Now, all you Israelites, speak up and give your verdict. We've, we've finally come to a time in America where something is going to wake America up. And the church is going to rise up and say, what are we going to do about this? Well, obviously today we're not going to take our swords and go fight. I'm not in any manner advocating civil war, and yet this is what happened in Israel. When they woke up to what was happening among the Gibeonites, they said, we've got to stop this. This is sin. This is wrong, it's disgraceful, it's lewd. We don't want this in our nation. And so they They gathered in Bethel and they made an inquiry of God. They said, Who of us shall go and fight against the Benjamites? And the Lord replied, Judah, you go first. So they got up the next morning and they went against the Benjamites. And now the Benjamites are very powerful. They can throw a stone with great accuracy, like a cannon. 22,000 Israelites died that day on the battlefield. But the men of Israel simply encouraged one another and said, look, we can't have this in in our nation and we're going to put a stop to it. They took up their positions the next day. They encouraged one another, we can do it. We have to do it. 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. The Israelites were feeling this loss very deeply. They went up and wept before the Lord until evening. And then they made the request. Shall we go up again to battle against the Benjamites, our brothers? And the Lord God of heaven answered, Go up against them. So the second day, they went against the Benjamites, and another 18,000 Israelite men, armed with swords, all died. Then the Israelites, all the people, went up to Bethel and they sat there weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and then they presented burnt offerings, sin offerings, and fellowship offerings before the Lord. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord, Shall we go up again to battle against Benjamite brothers and, and shall we attack again? And the Lord responded differently this time. He said, go, for tomorrow I will give them into your hands. Now, I want I want you to see what's going on here. They're going to go and avenge the murder of, of a maiden over the issue of sexuality. And they have asked the Lord, shall we go up and fight against them and punish them for what they have done? And the Lord says, yes, go. Second time, yes, go. But the third time, they do something dramatically different than anything they've done before. This time... They offer the blood sacrifice for sin and peace. And this time the Lord says, okay, yes, go again. But this time I'm going to give the Benjamites into your hand. I was going to name this broadcast The Fierce Blood of Jesus Christ. The first time they do not offer the blood of the animal representing Jesus. And so they have not invoked his blessing upon this work of vengeance. Now, is there a question, did God want this work of vengeance to be done? Yes, he did. Again, I'm not suggesting that today that work of vengeance should be done. This was a different situation, a different day. And God was saying, I do not want homosexuality among my people. It's simply not acceptable to me, he said. So go and punish them for what they have done in murdering this young woman. So they go to work the work of God vengeance, judgment, wrath of God upon the Benjamites. But they die. Why did they die? Because they went to do the work of God without the blood. Without the blood. They thought they had the authority and the power and the direction of God to go accomplish something for God but they did not go under the covering of the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. They went in their own power and in their own strength, and they died. This holds a lesson for us that is of great value today. There are things happening in the church that should not be happening. They are displeasing before Almighty God. And judgment is falling. The problem is the judgment that's falling. has no power of the blood to turn the heart of man toward righteousness that flows out of gossip, slander. Well, the church wakes up and then becomes very self-righteous. That's what these Israelites had done. They became very, very self-righteous. They had their sword. They could do some damage. They could kill. But they had no blessing of God. And they died. And they suffered great loss. I listened to, I'll be careful, I listened to one person talk about this issue. And this person made the statement all the sinner has to do is repent, then there's salvation. That's not true. It doesn't work that way. There must be full repentance. Yes, I did this. I deserve to die for this. And believe me, the church will do all it can to put this to death. The problem is, this person then said, all they have to do is repent. No. What Jesus requires is that they repent and then turn aside and stop sinning. This is what the church has never gotten. The children of Israel never got it either. But it is the truth, and based upon this comes the judgment of God. And the judgment of God demands repentance, blood, and a stopping of the sin. Salvation will never come to any person who says, Jesus is my substitute, therefore I'm covered, without a radical change in that person's life, without a radical turning away from sin, without stopping the sin. It's not enough to confess. It's not enough to repent. That behavior has to stop. Righteous behavior has to emerge. The church is not going to accept homosexuality, not a Christian church. Now, some churches that call themselves Christians have accepted and they fly the flag but they're not Christians. They have left the faith. They have destroyed their testimony. Well, the children of Israel the next day go up against the Gibeonites, but this time they're going up under the blood of Jesus Christ, under the blood of the animals in the Old Covenant. They're going up in obedience to God, but they're also going up under the blood of Jesus. That makes the difference. They're told what they must do, and they've gone out to do it. Altogether, 50,000-plus men die The Benjamites are utterly defeated. They are cut down. Twenty five thousand Benjamites die that day. Only six hundred men remain of the Benjamites after everything is finished that day and they flee out into the desert to the rocks they flee from the judgment that has fallen upon them now in America we don't kill people that way we don't go and kill the ones that we say are disobeying. But believe me, the Lord God of heaven is going to judge. And people will die in America. Many people will die in America. In this brief dust-up, this this brief war between the children of Israel and and the tribe of Benjamin, over 50,000 people died, men armed at war with one another. some years later, the Benjamites are given an opportunity to redeem themselves. And the first king of Israel is from Benjamin, King Saul. They make arrangements for wives for all of these remaining Benjamites because the women and children have been killed in the war. See, the great danger is that the church is going to wake up. And when the church wakes up, it will try to set right what it views as wrong. And I agree. I pray the Church of America will wake up, that America itself will wake up to the great evil that has come among us in a total loss of moral value. I fear, though, the Church, as it wakes up, will take the position and say, oh, we're okay we're good to go. Instead of confessing their own sin and their own wickedness. I know people who, who say, I'm all set, I'm on my way to heaven, but they're not set and on their way to heaven at all. They're self-righteous. They still love the world. They're still a part of the world. They still play with the world. I'm praying that there will be a total wake up in the American church and men and women will turn to Jesus and fully repent and fully change their behavior and walk clean before God in every area of their life. But usually that's not what happens. Usually, what happens is there's a wake up, there's a little behavior change, and then everybody goes back to their own favorite pocket gods. There's not a total giving of oneself to Jesus. I don't want that to happen. That's what we face. Charles Finney talked about revival, and he said it's when God gives us the ability to turn our hearts and begin to obey the Lord God of heaven fully, completely, made righteous. Right now is a time for great humility in the body of Christ. For clearly the body of Christ in many parts has given itself to the foolishness of this world. I watched a person talk about this and they were so immaculate and their their stage setting was so perfect and their they were so articulate and no we've all sinned against our god and we all need to repent and we all need to leave behind our pride and our arrogance and our judgments let god be the judge Let the word of God as spoken by honest prophets play itself out fully in the life of someone who has led the church astray. But let's not pretend that we have not also sinned. Let's not pretend that we're more righteous than another. Let's not pretend that we're somebody. We're not somebody. Jesus is somebody. And as this awakening, blaming, Judging, gossiping. Get out of it. Don't gossip. Don't judge. God is the judge. Yes, we should rebuke homosexuality. We should rebuke lying, cheating, stealing we should rebuke all sin we should not participate in sin of any kind for any reason we need to walk clean before god oh i i love my sports i I love the football and the baseball and and I love and I love and I love. Yes, you love your pocket gods. But the judgment of God is going to come on you just as it's going to come on every other sinner. We're not in a position before Almighty God to somehow think that we don't need the blood of Jesus Christ, the fierce blood of Jesus Christ, to turn our hearts totally toward him, to dwell in Christ Jesus. So if today you're walking in judgment and pride and arrogance and, You think you've got it all nailed down and you know what's going on and. Stop. Stop. You're only speaking yourself into the judgments of hell. Lord, I pray today for America. Lord, I pray for your church. Lord, a a man has sinned deeply against you and against your word. But Lord, don't let the church pretend that all it has to do is accept you Jesus as our substitute for you don't do business that way it's not enough for you to be our substitute it also means your blood has to cleanse us and wash us and clean us from every unclean thing in our life that you have come to find a holy people a righteous people of people who've laid their lives down for you, who have turned from all wickedness, of people who have hearts full of love, not judgment, not self-righteousness, not arrogance and pride, I'm pleading, O Lord, today for your people. For your precious people who think all they have to do is accept you as their substitute and then they're good to go. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Because your ferocious blood washes us clean transforms us, changes us into your likeness as we're willing to be crucified with you, as we're willing to dwell in you, Jesus. O Lord, I come praying for the American church today, For it has been deceived by charlatans, by liars, by men and women who give themselves totally to the desires of their flesh. I pray for their salvation. But I'm even much more concerned about the church who thinks it's right, the American church that thinks it's clean and washed and and on its way to heaven because it said some words but never repented and allowed themselves to be transformed into your likeness. For no one will enter into the heavens above who is still filthy before you. In reality, there's no covering of the grace of God to to cover our wicked hearts and make us acceptable before you in the throne room of heaven. Lord, I plead your blood over America. I plead your blood over the charlatans, for that is what the church is in America. We think our neat little rituals and our... And then we go and sin against you, doing what we want to do, Filled with, with lust. Lust for the world's entertainment. Lust for the world's power. Lust for the for the human hearts. Wicked desires. Lord, forgive us. I don't know how. Your church in America can be saved. We are given to such darkness, such pride, such wickedness. Lord, I pray today for America. I pray for the church. Almighty God of heaven, let us lay down our superiority. Let us lay down our judgments and humbly repent before you, Almighty God, for the wickedness of our own hearts. Yes, we have to deal with things like homosexuality and the whole movement of America toward the darkness. But we have no power to stop it. We have no power to stand up and say, no, no, no. Because we have no power in the blood. No power against the demons of lust, darkness, entertainment, self-love. Lord, please send revival to America. That we would all repent. That we would all recognize, Almighty God, that we would recognize the pride, the arrogance. Forgive us for what we've said and what we're saying. Forgive us for thinking that we could receive from you a Savior that would just cover over our sin. Because you did not come to cover our sin this time. You came to remove our sin. In the Old Covenant, The blood of the animals was fierce and powerful as it covered our sin. It was life and death. Oh, but now it's not covering our sin anymore. It's removing it. It's washing us. It's cleansing us. It's healing us, mind, body, and soul. It's preparing us to enter into that place of absolute purity and light called heaven. Lord, please come. Please come. We do have a king. His name is Jesus. And you are all sufficient. And Lord, I praise you today.
1: <laughs>
2: I worship you, Jesus. as we face the new year, Lord, we humble our hearts before you and we turn from every known sin and we come, Jesus, and say, please restore us in your kingdom. Wash us, cleanse us, make us holy. For you said, without holiness, no man would see the Lord. And Lord, we're not ready to see you yet. We come beseeching you. Wash us. Restore us. Cleanse us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Do you hear what I'm saying to you today? It is not enough to say I've been covered by the by the Lord. I've repented. I've said, yes, Jesus. But you still love your sin. You still love your way of darkness. It's not enough. Darkness will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. And when Jesus comes, he's not coming to lift the sin off you, he's coming to redeem us. The sin has to be gone before he comes. God judged severely homosexuality in the Old Testament. and all other sexual sins, fornication, sodomy, pornography, masturbation. God wants a clean people, a people washed in the blood, and that ferocious, powerful blood of Jesus Christ will heal you and restore you and establish you in Jesus. It's not something we do. It's something he does. I'm really aware, my brother and sister, that this year, is the year Jesus is going to move in great power in America. He is going to be building his kingdom this year. If you're laid back and casual, you'll never make it. Now, I have just a minute left, I want to pray for the sick. Lord, as we come to the end of this broadcast today, I reserve these last minutes for where my heart is, and that is crying out before you for the wellness, for the healing, for the restoration of your people. Lord, there are some today who are broken as I am, there are some today who are diseased with cancer or COVID or some other very specific sickness. Lord, I know that all sickness is from the devil. He comes to afflict us. I'm praying today That the sickness will be removed from your people. That you will heal the wounds that Satan has inflicted. In the name of Jesus, I lift my hand to you and I say, In the name of Jesus, be healed, be well. For Jesus Christ is our healer and a restorer of our health. So, Lord, there are some who are very discouraged today, depressed, don't know how they're going to make it. Well, the good news is they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it without the power of Jesus lifting them And so I'm asking now for the power of Jesus to lift every sick person listening to this broadcast. Jesus is the lover of your soul. He comes to lift you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you will finish the work that you have started in our bodies and in our minds And in our hearts, I praise you and I worship you and I honor you, Jesus. Wash our minds, wash our hearts, wash our feet, wash our hands, wash our lips. Jesus, make us clean before you. Make us clean before you by your blood, Jesus. I pray this ferocious blood of Jesus, this powerful blood of Jesus for you, my brother and my sister today. I declare it over you and in you and for you. In the name of Jesus. I'm glad you listened today I pray your heart was encouraged and I would ask that you consciously repent of everything and change your behavior Under the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. I've really recognized that as I come to the end of this year. The beginning of a new one. It's literally all in Jesus' hands. I am in the hands of Jesus. And I'm praying that this year will be a year of healing for all of us. I'm praying that I will be healed this year. But I'm praying that the healing will happen in such a way that it will bring glory and honor to Jesus. I thank Drew for producing and Ed Pugh for those hours of work and production. And I thank you for your Contributions, your offerings before Jesus. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, each one of you who has so graciously given. I know that this new year, you will continue and even increase. As finances crash, Jesus will carry us. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Some of you will not make it without that blessing. It's real. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Amen.